0: Doctor Who is so much more than a TV show, both in the sense that it's a cultural phenomenon and in the sense that there are countless expanded materials which go beyond the small screen. I'm Will for Who Culture, and here are 10 Doctor Who moments you're missing from expanded media. 10. Telling Brian Williams the truth. Kicking off with P.S., a short animated webcast which showed the fans what happened to Brian Williams after the Angels take Manhattan. To recap, in The Power of Three, Brian voices concerns to the Doctor about the lifestyle of Amy and Rory and questions what happens to those who travel with him. So with the couple's fate decided in the series 7A finale, what happens to poor old Brian? Well, in an unshot scene, Brian is visited by Anthony, who finds him at Amy and Rory's house and delivers a letter. The letter, which is from... Rory explains how that letter was arranged to be delivered one week after they left in the TARDIS after the Cube incident, and that the couple are alive, but stuck living their lives in New York 50 years before Rory was born. The heart-wrenching scene explains how much Rory loves his dad, and that he's sorry, and that the mysterious Anthony is actually Brian's grandson. After the Series 7 opener revealed that Amy cannot have children, it's nice for fans to learn that at least the pair got a family in the end by adopting while stuck in the past. Nine, The Return of Salamander. 1967 to 1968, The Enemy of the World saw Patrick Troughton play both the second Doctor and the serial's antagonist, Salamander. The previously lost story, which was rediscovered in 2013, ends with the villain falling out of an in-flight TARDIS and into the Time Vortex. But what happens next? Well, the resolution lies in Titan Comics' third Doctor Adventures miniseries. The first issue ends with the third Doctor and Joe Grant returning to Unit HQ to find the second Doctor present. But where does Salamander end up? Actually, he comes out the Vortex with the second Doctor into the London Underground in the 60s. From there, he patents his weather control technology, getting rich from it, and decides to use his wealth to look into this strange Doctor he has encountered. Salamander learns that the Doctor has a new face and using his resemblance to the second Doctor, fakes an invasion, gains access to Unit, has a partnership with the Master, and a classic 70s Unit story ensues. This could have been a glorious sequel to see on screen back in the day. Eight, the Kaverian chapter. Series six is arguably the most complex series of New Who and leaves a fair few questions and plot holes. By the end of The Wedding of River Song, the major plot point of the series is wrapped up. And besides a throwaway line in the time of the Doctor, the series' main antagonist, Madame Kaverian, is never mentioned again. However, the villain does make an audio return. The time of the Doctor reveals that basically the Kaverian chapter were a very extreme bunch of individuals seeking to prevent the centuries of conflict that occurs on Trenzalore. Kaverian and her followers travel back through time to blow up the Doctor's TARDIS, so he cannot reach Trenzalore. but this creates cracks in time, destroys the universe, and forces the Doctor to fix the damage. Since her first plot fails, Kaverian's second plan is engineering a psychopath to kill the Doctor. Big finishes third Diary of River Song series picked up with the character and what she does next. At Demon's Run, Kaverian had additional assassins, also proto-Time Lords, created from Melody Pond's DNA, and orchestrates a second attempt on the Doctor's life with these new agents. But this time, the plot revolved around the fifth Doctor. Of course, this is another unsuccessful attempt on the Doctor's life, but the story is a terrific expansion of Series 6 and the characters of River and Kaverian. Seven, Rassilon the Resurrected. Rassilon is quite a mythological figure in Classic Who, having been a founding father of Gallifrey and making the Time Lords who they are. But as shown in the Five Doctors, Rassilon died centuries previously. So how is he alive during the Time War and appearing in the end of time? The resolution lies in Big Finish's Gallifrey Time War series. With the war between the Time Lords and the Daleks beginning, some on Gallifrey decide they need a new ruler, one built for this conflict. Therefore, the High Council use their presidential candidates, Admiral Valerian of the House of Rassilon and imprint him with Rassilon's Matrix projection, killing Valerian but resurrecting the Great Time Lord. This is how we get the marvelous Timothy Dalton and then Donald Sumter to play the founder of Gallifrey on screen in the new series After the Time War. But to portray the newly resurrected president at Big Finish, they employed the equally brilliant Terence Hardiman and most recently Richard Armitage, who really convey the terrifying dictator the time war creates of Rassilon. Six, Rassilon kicked off Gallifrey. The series nine finale, Hellbent, sees the Doctor back on Gallifrey after the time war. And one of his first actions is to declare himself president and kick Rassilon off Gallifrey out into the dying universe. To answer what happens next, Titan's 2016 big crossover series, Supremacy of the Cybermen, picks up the next page. Shortly after beginning his exile, Rassilon sought out the remnants of the Cybermen. Determined to survive, they ally together, with Rassilon promising them a new Time Lord slash Cyber Empire. As a result, he is connected with the Cyberade and becomes the Cyber President. However, Rassilon realizes the dying universe is no place to be conquered, and so seeks to create a new reality to his own design. Any comic fan will tell you that crossover events are a hoot, and this is no exception. Doctors 9 to 12 join forces, plus other appearances, to defeat the Cybermen. As is the usual case with New Who, the Cybermen betray Rassilon, and he must join forces with the Doctor to put reality back to normal. While it is a shame to get a simple time-can-be-rewritten plot device, it is satisfying that Rassilon is revisited after the Gallifrey plot of Hellbent is quickly forgotten once Clara returns to the scene. 5. Davros's origin 1975's Genesis of the Daleks is highly regarded as one of the greatest Doctor Who stories, and it gave us the first appearance of Davros, the creator of the Daleks. Over the years, the Pepper Potts creator has returned and come face-to-face with various doctors. But whilst Davros's debut in 1975 gave us the origins of the Daleks, what was it that made Davros, that scarred and chariot-bound villain we're familiar with? Well, back in 2006, Big Finish released their I, Davros series, which delved deep into the history and character of the Daleks creator. The most key relationship of the series is that of Davros and his mother, who was always his greatest supporter, unlike his dad. Arguably, the series' most iconic moment occurs when the Thals bomb Davros' laboratory, which results in the scarred form we are familiar with. The attack leaves him with constant pain, loss of many senses, and forces him to spend his life in a life-support chariot. Amongst big Finnish fans, I, Davros, is extremely well-regarded. And if you're a fan of Davros, it is an absolute must. Four, Sarah Jane and K-9. Sarah Jane Smith is probably the most iconic of the Doctor's classic companions, but when she returns in both the Five Doctors and School Reunion, she is accompanied by a canine unit. How? K-9 was first introduced to Doctor Who in The Invisible Enemy in 1977, but Sarah Jane left the TARDIS a year before and was not accompanied by the iconic robot dog, so how come he is present in her later appearances? Enter the first Doctor Who spin-off, K-9 and Company. In 1981, the one-off special A Girl's Best Friend aired and was an unsuccessful pilot which would have kick-started this new series. The special sees Sarah Jane receive a special package from the Doctor containing the new K9 Mark III, and the pair of them stop a cult. The gift from the Doctor truly showed he meant what he said to Sarah, in that he never would forget her, and as far as we've been shown, she is the companion revisited by the titular Time Lord the most. While this spin off may have been unsuccessful, it partially sets the groundwork for Sarah Jane's later returns. It is therefore because of this failed spin off, the pair remain a much loved duo in the New Who era. 3. The War Master. Series 3 of New Who is notable for the return of the Master during the three-part finale, where for the majority of screen time, he is portrayed by John Sim. But when the Master first returns to New Who in the opening story, Utopia, he is portrayed by Sir Derek Jacobi, giving us the Jacobi Master for the closing glorious minutes before he regenerates into Sim. But once again, good old Big Finish step in to flesh out this marvelous character. In 2017, Jacobi returned to the role on audio to portray the Doctor's arch in his own series, the War Master. It would be strongly argued by many a big Finnish fan that the War Master is the most evil incarnation of the Time Lord. Jacoby capitalizes on the character's charm and wits, but also takes the role to some of its darkest places. Of course, largely down to the Thespian's wonderful voice and acting talent. The audio series has seen the War Master fighting the Daleks, scheming to defeat the Doctor, and even rewriting time to become the creator of the Daleks. If you love those few minutes of of Utopia. Get yourself his big finished series now. 2. The Time War. The Time War has been a significant plot thread throughout Doctor Who's new series since its return in 2005. Although whilst being a major plot, The Time War has seen very little screen time in the series and was only visited and resolved in the 50th anniversary special. The major event in the universe is largely used as a device to explain the gap between classic and new. However, with so many forms of expanded media, The Time War has been expanded over the years. The three main expanded media companies, BBC Books. Big Finish, and Titan Comics have all dipped their toes into the Time War, providing adventures for various Doctors. The War Doctor debuts in The Name of the Doctor, and is then only on screen again for the 50th anniversary, but received more fleshing out in the expanded material, the first of which is the book The Engines of War, where this Doctor is fleshed out by providing him with his own companion, Cinder, and depicted him fighting both Daleks and Time Lords, highlighting the blurred lines of good and evil in this conflict. One the Lumiat. When Spyfall debuted last year, it showed us a new incarnation of the Master, and the fan response was largely positive towards this new insane regeneration. However, one criticism was the fact that this portrayal of pure rage was slightly jarring after Missy's redemption arc in the finale of Series 10. So what made the Master return to an incarnation full of hatred, similar to Missy's predecessor played by John Sims? The major shift back in portrayal led many fans to believe that this version came in between Sim and Gomez's incarnations. However, this theory lessens the delicious ending of the two stabbing each other in the back at the end of The Doctor Falls. So what other explanation could there be? Well, let's look to Big Finish. July 2020 saw Big Finish release Missy Series 2, and the series opener was a story titled The Lumiats" by Lisa McMullen. The Lumiats is an incarnation of the Master following Missy. The ending of The Doctor Falls depicts Missy as being very much dead, and so as a last-ditch effort to save herself, uses a Time Lord device called an Elysian Field. The device reprograms her molecules, giving her a new regeneration cycle, as well as a reprogrammed personality. Long story short, the Lumiat becomes similar to the Valiard, but as a good version of the Master slash Missy. In the end, as Missy forces the Lumiat to regenerate, she tells her that she thinks it unlikely that her next incarnation will share this good streak, as they are rarely the same person twice. Hence, we have the ball of rage our latest incarnation of the Master is. Acast powers the world's best podcasts.